everybody welcome back to another episode of the fn story joined alongside a, a great professional fortnite player and content creator midi how you doing bro i'm doing good how about yourself i got no complaints a little toasty in my house i'm trying to avoid turning on the ac but starting to get yeah. upwards of like 80 degrees so i might sweat it's during this it's like, it's like 77 my room right now that's why i'm wearing a tank top <laughs> i feel you i'm wearing sweatpants but definitely should throw on some shorts either way i'll just sweat it'll be okay um right. what <laughs> what you been up to recently um not particularly like grinding the game just because i'm not having as much fun as i used to like this like past like two weeks uh began like extreme i'm in like an extremely bored state so i've been like hanging out with a lot of friends from school and whatnot but um other than that not much oh i just, I just went to san diego and, you know, snuck into TwitchCon a little bit. Um, uh -oh. You know, just running around downtown, talking to people, and yeah, met some people from uh, like my past, like tournaments and shit. So you know, awesome. Um, how was San Diego? I heard TwitchCon was a lot of fun. I mean, you see all these stories about like the top people being weird and stuff, but. For most of it, it, it seemed like it was a great time just going to hang out with friends. Um, yeah, TwitchCon was super fun. Um, I'll tell you, the security was not high level. <laughs> I just opened the door. I was, wear I was wearing like a tank top, so you can see I have no badge, clearly. And uh, I just walked right in with 10 people who, who all didn't have badges. But, yeah. Okay. Um, it was super fun, though. We walked around for like four hours. And, like, all the booths were cool. I saw Aussie Antics, but homie was like 300 feet away from him and he took a left and we like chased him down trying to talk to him and then I, we just couldn't find him and Damn. then um and then i saw my brother he works for otk and then so i said what's up and then we, I don't know, we were just taking pictures all around and we got some food we got food there too you didn't need to like scan badge or anything you just had to pay but um and then that twitchcon was fun downtown at night is very fun like i love city life it's always been like one of my favorite things and then we also went cliff jumping at like one of the best spots in san diego it's called sunset cliffs it's okay. a pretty safe spot but it was super fun like all my whole friend group jumped so that was cool to see even the people i thought that wouldn't jump jumped so it was fun hey, a little bit of peer pressure you get people going but that's good to hear I, i've heard san diego is absolutely beautiful i've never been it is been out that way but I, I wish i could at one point where are, where are you from like not exactly I'm from, but uh, i'm from orange county so okay. i'm like i'm south or no i'm like i'm south of los angeles but i'm like in the middle of like between those two san gotcha. diego south los angeles north so okay i'm in the middle so i can go to both like it's both like an hour trip Oh, by, so like, it's by car. Yeah, it's a nice little trip for you out there. And glad you were able yeah. to make it in, even though it doesn't sound like it was the most secure event. Um, yeah. Monster was also saying when we talked about it on the Fortnite podcast that there was just like people, it's that meme when people are going through like patting down and just not yeah, actually yeah. doing anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no one gave a shit. There were some people that actually cared. And then everyone else, like, yeah, I, I get paid 12 bucks an hour. I could not care. Yeah. I mean, so I saw like a bunch of celebrities that like snuck in. Like I, uh, I ran into Jideon like day two, but yeah, that was funny because I don't know how the hell he got in there. <laughs> he was wearing someone else's badge. It was like a like a Japanese name, but 
That was funny. Hell yeah, good for him. Um, you said you've been getting bored with the game recently. Uh, why is that? Like, why have you not necessarily enjoyed playing Fortnite? I feel like since there's nothing to like grind towards this season, like I'm people, everyone's just bored. Like I like yesterday was like a big rampage of people saying it is like that was wild. Yeah, I mean this update definitely does kind of suck. Like I don't know, throwing. I like like the idea of just like putting random stuff back in the game. But, I don't know, with, like, no FNCS this season, like, I'd rather just make the Elite Cups as, like, skillful as possible, make sure, like, the people who deserve to win are winning, and now we're, we're probably going to see people who just, like, padded on height three out of six games and somehow won, or, you know, because pads kind of, like, yesterday I was watching, like, I, I was playing the Elite Cup, of course, and every first, second moving were just random, like, zero earned players just padding on height, landing on it, and then six of them would build fight all the way top and then you know i just wait till third moving go up and i pretty much win but or they have height the whole game just depending on how it goes but i don't know i think i hate chaotic metas only because like or just dumb metas that where everything's like a bailout because pads are a bailout that can easily get you a refresh snipers are the worst thing for the season because the scope is like three times easier to use than the old one and it's ridiculous. People don't like the new scope, but it's literally so much easier because they have these lines in between the scope where it's like, depending on how many, like if you understand it, how many meters far away you can you are, you can use like the little black like dash lines to hit the head. Just line it up perfectly. And it's it's ridiculous. It makes it so much easier for like a bad player who's never used snipers to use them if they understand it. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I, I'm just kind of bored of this season due to those reasons. It makes sense, and you touched on it, but yesterday the the Twitter feed for most of the pro players, it seemed like only in NA, maybe there was a couple EU players, and then once the NA Elite Cup started, people just started going on, going on one of like, this game sucks, it's boring, and it feels like we get that fairly regularly every, you know, X period of time. There becomes yeah. just... One person tweets it out, and then someone else is like, oh, I feel that same way. And they, they continue to go and go. And sometimes it feels like it's helpful, and other times it feels like it's just ranting. But uh, I always feel that that is helpful for people to vent, but it also kind of sucks, right? It's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing for yeah. people to get their thoughts out there, so that way they're not just, like, growing in frustration and one day explode. But it's also a bad thing because if you have all these professional players who play the game for a living and people look up to talking about it, then they're all shitting on the game. It's not a good look for the game itself. But I don't necessarily blame the players if they're constantly being given things that they don't want in the game in the game. Um, And I I think this is kind of what we're trying to figure out. And I don't know that they're all... Ever, there will ever be a point where every everyone is happy and i think we're yeah. figuring out that the less movement makes more people happy and more movement makes less people happy which yeah. i didn't think would be the case but it's starting to seem that way yeah i don't know i think i think like right now i agree with some pro players i know some pro players and like everyone hates the idea of it but i don't even like like this mode, but I feel like a no-build FNCS would, you know, put the game in its, like, place and just kind of, like, set viewership up pr- pretty good. Like, 
feel like if we ran a Nova Death and Steel, we'd definitely get like 250k like viewers on Twitch. Day of Grants, because we haven't had that in a while. It's usually like 100k probably. I think last one was 100k on Twitch, or I'm not sure, but yeah, you. It fluctuates. I mean, you normally get like the broadcast at anywhere from 12 to 20, and then Aussie hangs around that similar thing. There's been some seasons where he's more, some seasons he's less. And yeah. then um, we have less and less people streaming it. So it seems like there's now those two outlets, and that's it. And then, like, you know, on EU, you got Boop as well, and there's other people that do viewing parties and things yeah. like that. But the, the two steady ones are the broadcast and Aussie, which are pretty easy to gauge. And it seems yeah. over the past few seasons, they've been, I guess, past season, it seemed to be down. But and no build FNC yet. Why? Like, I don't know. The, to me, the, the zero build as like a comp purist, if we do that, that's a slippery slope where we may never get back to the game that you're good at that you've started playing and say zero build FNCS is super successful and gets you a quarter million, half million people watching on Twitch. Why the heck would they ever invest money in like the regular competitive mode again? You know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, for, I don't know. I personally like what well, I'm not even like a no build, like guy myself. Like I enjoy builds more, but if I'm talking about, like, the health of the game, I think it does need one. Only because, like, to the average eye, like, even all the people I talk to in my friend group all say they enjoy watching that more than builds. Probably because of how chaotic it is and, like, how easy it is to just die in five seconds or, you know, but I don't know. If they actually, like, if it was, like, no builds was, like, number one, like, priority over just regular, like, regular builds and whatnot, like, it could be still mixed and matched with pubs. But they would listen to the community to a, like an extent, just how they do with builds. They don't go that far into it, but they, you know, they try to listen as hard as they can with what they have. But if no builds did that and it like became less RNG but more like more like game sense based, you know, mm-hmm. I think it'd actually be a decent mode. And even if and try it out for one season, and if it goes extremely great, then you trial and error, and it's something new and it's working run another and and then if that keeps going well run another and another pros are gonna have to adapt because if they just make every cup a no build cup and the money's there everyone's gonna get get a no build like people like blur pilkey and them like they're gonna no builds because that's pretty much what they played for a good season so you give the pros a few months people who are better at adapting than lower level players that are pretty much only good at no build they're gonna adapt at a much faster rate, two to three weeks, maybe maybe a month, and after that, they're gonna be adapted. They're gonna know how to play the. Game. They're gonna know how to play that mode, and then everyone's gonna be on a fair level of playing, pretty much. And like maybe blurring them and those type of players are still the best at it, but people are gonna catch up with time, and then it's actually gonna be a competitive mode to watch, and it should be fun. Well, I guess I I have one question for you then. Do you think that the reason the competitive mode has gotten boring or lost interest from like a viewership perspective is because people don't want to watch how like crazy and sweaty people get. And then if you get the zero build and just continue to advance the meta and how good players are in that, will we get to a point where then it, 
zero build no longer resembles the zero build that most people play it becomes something different because everyone's so good at it do you think that would be a problem or is that not even worth thinking about until you try it i don't, know. I don't think it's worth about until you try it but also like um wait what was like the first quarter of your question forget that part basically it seems like the interest in competitive has died out because the game is so much different at a high level of competitive yeah. than it is like what most people play and yeah. do you think that would happen within zero builds um and then i also kind of gave you the cop out of just like yeah, yeah screw yeah. that and throw it in anyway and we'll see what happens um in my opinion we have so much room to grow and like the competitive we have now so much room but I don't, like, if I was the marketer for Fortnite Competitive, like, and I was, like, the one running the show, like, I could have this run in, like, a couple weeks, you know, getting people hyped and stuff. But I'd also have to be in control of putting money into regions and all that stuff. But, like, that's the thing. Competitive doesn't have that control, which is, like, why they're kind of just limited to the resources. And I know they try their hardest. Like, it's not like the Fortnite Competitive team isn't doing their best with what they got. But they're, they're literally trying to build this from scratch. With how like I've heard from other like um, competitive like like the competitive team like on how limited their resources are, but other than that, I don't, I don't know. It's like a sticky situation. I just think a noble FNCS would be great for the game right now. With the resources they have, they do have the ability to make next FNCS no build, but do they want to? Like that's the thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe they could do something right after um, all the lands that are upcoming, too, in December. They yeah. don't normally do things at that time. Normally, it's just a dead time from, like, December, January, and then start things back up in February. But there could be a possibility. Maybe, like, a zero-build Winter Royale-style thing, get people yeah. on it. But I think your point was to broadcast that and kind of allow people to get that stage and spotlight that fncs gets um interesting i'm really i'm really surprised invitational is only a one million prize pool considering we didn't have an fncs this season i thought they would just like try to go not all out but you know make it like 10 million 8 million something around that number but 1 million that's like that's not an east prize pool right that's eu but like uh, k less about i i, I know it's the... 1.3 or something yeah, the first place is definitely less than what EU is for first place, I believe. Yeah, which is, like, kind of crazy to me. Like, you should be putting a lot more attention to your land than, like, an, like a previous FNCS or... But, yeah. I think the, the other piece, though, is they're flying people out. They're allowing them to bring another person. They're doing the venue, the stage, all this stuff. So there's millions going into it, not just into the prize pool. Yeah. Um, which you also have to take into account, but it does seem a little strange that there seems to be tons of money made in Fortnite. If we just look at like back at the beginning of the year when they started raising funds for Ukraine in like those two weeks, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, in like two weeks. So you think you throw out like an FNCS skin that could easily like crowdfund something like that. If it's a good yeah. one, you know, obviously they could throw out a, a dog one and no one buys it. But uh, I agree with you. I, I think it's for th my perspective. It looks like 
the Invitational is all a test. It doesn't look like they are ready to fully dive back in. And I think it's a test to see the viewership. I think it's a test to see the people that actually work for Epic, what they're able to do. And then it's also a test for Blast as a production team that is helping put this on. And it's been three years since this has happened. And then we also have two dream hacks right after that. So to me, this whole year for Fortnite has kind of just been like, all right, let's try this. We'll try this. We'll try this. And now with the, the divisional thing, uh, the divisional cups, that seems to be the biggest test uh, besides the land trying to f- find a way to make regular competitive Fortnite yeah. players simulate a competitive Fortnite game. Um, so that, that's how I see it. I, I don't think that the Invitational is this massive event and they tease that they'll say something as to what's to come next. So any, any thoughts on what you think they're going to announce for next year? Hopefully fucking mixed modes because I'm so tired. Like I think I get, I think the, I think the community, like Fortnite competitive took a huge hit when we started doing trios all year long. Like after like, I think after the second season of trios, we just dropped like in like we have to the viewers and grands they literally have to like people were just so bored of seeing the same players play together and just like fortnite not really caring about storylines so that also took account from viewership people don't know like who they should root for because they don't know the story behind these guys but i think if fortnite's gonna do these same game modes you have to, you have to put some production into storylines because or else it's just not that entertaining but I don't mean storylines going like the bare minimum and just be like, Kimmy and Seti, you know, they played together the past two seasons, got this and this. I'm talking like, you know, go to their freaking house, go record like gameplay, like something like how BL does their videos and stuff, like recording how they prepare. That, and do that for multiple regions, do that for the top duos, the top trios. I know it costs money, but I'd rather you take out 200k in the prize pool spend it on those trips and then get way more viewership so comp in the future is going to get a bigger prize pool due to the more viewership because they're i guess they're, i guess their prize pool actually depends on our viewership from what i've heard but if that's true we would want more viewership so we can get a bigger prize pool for you know i'd sacrifice one season two seasons with a lower prize pool so they could actually put so much into production that fnts is actually enjoyable because right now, I don't find FNCS like brands like that entertaining. Only due to the fact is the first twenty minutes of the game, I'm literally watching nothing other than people shooting their gun two hundred meters away, and like I can see to the average eye, like a casual player, why it just doesn't make sense to them when they click off in the first ten minutes because they don't want to watch that. They don't yeah. even probably wait till end game, you know. It's a, a big disconnect is to how to keep the games interesting and. It's also, I, I know speaking to some of the team and trying to understand what could be done, you want to show everything, but then there's also opportunities where it's just dead time. And yeah. sometimes you're watching a surge fight between like 45th and 48th. And it's like, all right, I, no one cares. And yeah. that fight, as you have to talk about it as a caster because it's what's going on. But at the same time, like you don't really sometimes you just continue talking about whatever's going on and you could yeah. care less because you realize that there's zero significance in that um 
But what you said about the storylines, I think that is the biggest challenge that Fortnite is going to have with the Invitational, DreamHacks, and into next year. If I've been saying this a ton. If they don't do something that builds the character, builds the personalities of their players with three straight weeks of LAN events, there's zero excuses, literally no reason not to do these things. And if they don't do this, then no one's no one is going to have buy-in to care because you yeah. need people. You need to care about people. And we've shown that orgs are taking a backseat. No one really cares about orgs in Fortnite. They're kind of just there to be there. And if you're not building, you know, let's say a MIDI, telling the story of MIDI, why people should care who you are, what you do outside of the game, how much you play, and all this stuff, right? Um, I don't really care to watch a character on a screen for six hours every single weekend. Uh, and um, Unless you have, like, that, like, like, like interaction with them like you like personally know them type thing so yeah. I'm saying like, the storylines actually matter yeah and some people overlook them but they do really matter for like players because if the guy that's watching you doesn't know who you are in five minutes of you just sitting in the box and the casters talking about past events or whatever they're gonna click off it's just too boring to watch there's nothing happening for them they don't they don't then some might not understand a game or like how comp works so they'll click off as well but i feel like the average comp player is gonna go just you know click on the stream and just be like all right let's hang out here he's actually talking about you know he's talking about drama and all this or whatnot you know yeah uh, and i think one of the pieces that aussie does that you'll never see on the broadcast or i mean maybe we will in the future is talk about when things go wrong it because yeah. You know, thinking about it when last week, I'm a football guy. Do you watch the NFL? Yeah. So when Chris Jones strip sacked uh, Derek Carr and then got called for roughing the passer, Troy and Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were talking about how egregious of a penalty that was, how it's a bad call and how that should not be in the game. Like you'll never hear a caster talking about what should or shouldn't be in the game during a broadcast. Yep. And yeah. it, I, I get it, right? I, I'm cool with certain pieces of that where I, I'm okay only talking positively about players, but we should be able to talk about when they make dumb plays. We should be able to talk about when things go wrong yeah. within the game. And Aussie provides that of more like a real person understanding and yeah. conversation. Um, so sometimes he is like a, a better place to watch because he's just – hanging out watching Fortnite, and it feels like that whereas yeah. the broadcast doesn't necessarily interact with people so yeah. if they've started to do some of these like online like what we're doing right now is i'm interviewing you somewhat and then throwing those pieces into the broadcast at times but they don't feel to me any significance and, and i hate yeah. to say that because i know people have put in effort players have taken time to do these things but i don't you want to you want to be more i i'm a big proponent of taking the ufc model of building up the players in a sense like every single fight's important every single person's important and trying to share those moments to make it make it feel that way so yeah there's my little rant right there yeah yeah 
Um, so are you going to any of the the uh, LAN events coming up? I I bought a plane ticket for Invitational, but like I don't know, I don't particularly want to go. I have two friends going, Rays and Pars, my West friends, but I I met Pars in San Diego. He stayed with us the weekend, but um, like super chill guys, but they're gonna be practicing and playing most of the time they're there. They're Pars and Rays like the hardest workers I know. They don't like post particularly a lot of content or stream what they do, but they literally are in a call together so much out of their day and they're practicing so hard for invitation. I know they're not gonna wanna like go out and run around the city on scooters at one AM in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. they're gonna wanna make sure they get enough sleep, practice and all that. So I don't really have friends that are going. I mean, I have like I have I could stay with Savan and Turtle Tavern and Airbnb. But, I don't know. They're, like, 21, bro. They're going to want to go to bars and shit, and I, I can't. So, like, I know I understand, like, what I'm going to going into. So, but, yeah. Like, unless some of my, like, 18, 17-year-old friends are going, I don't think I'll go because just cause I'm not going to have anyone to hang out with. But I know the event would be cool to watch at least. But Yeah, fair enough. Know. If you do come, we can hang out. Um, I'll definitely be there. It's in my backyard. So, what... What are your expectations? You were talking about pars and rays. Um, where do you see them as far as within the group of players that are going? And what do you think their ceiling is? And where do you think their floor is as far as placements? Um, I think they're ce- well, ceiling. Do you mean like you what mean, do like, you think being like the best that they can place? And what okay. what what would be worst case scenario for them? Right now, they're in a really weird spot because they were landing the Zuki split right below Bugle. Okay. With like that little strip split. That is now Chrome, and that is, you know, not the greatest spot now. Now it's like being, like, people are splitting it into part, like, Pars' old split, which is the left of Bugle, which is really went, like, the first season, like, Spider-Man season. And um, so now they're mixing those two, but there's already an EU team landing there. And... Pars and Rays aren't particularly the greatest fighters, so I don't think they'd be an EU team off spawn. I mean, at least not like most, like the majority out of the six games, but or twelve games. But I think it, I think if they get a spot, a good spot, at least with twenty chests, like I think they have a chance at top ten. I think, I think their best placement is probably like top ten. But um, worst case scenario, I think like you know. And, like, it's worst case for everyone. Like, if they get con last minute, then they could just get dead last, you know? Yeah. But right now, Pars just doesn't have a spot, and he's conning scented at mid-map. Right Oof. now. Right now. Yeah, and there's three teams there. So it's like, right now, I do see him getting, like, near dead last, only because he's in a very rough spot. And he's fighting really good fighters, like, you know? But yeah. And one of the... Is very... Go ahead. You go. Yeah, you got it, you got it. <laughs> um... I was going to... Yeah, one of the Asian teams just said they're landing mid map as well after not planning to yeah. land there. Oh, so, so, so four teams now. That's good. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting. And now with all the movement, it's not a great spot to be if you're not looting quickly and getting the heck out of there, because yeah. Coney will come over, Shifty will come over, Tilted can see you pretty much the entire time. So not the best spot it used to be awesome because all the coolers and you know you have the vault if you land on that eastern side but min map is not what it was last season especially with all the balloons but who knows look they could move change before 
that even happens and that's irrelevant. Oh, it'll change. It'll change. I think we're having like one update like the week before um, Invitational. It should be good since the Chrome's spreading it. It'll go into more POIs, you know? <laughs> Uh, I guess that provides that. a little more balance that everyone gets the Chromes. So if you want to play oh, yeah. with them, you but have them. If we only have one more update, they show like Hypex leaked like that, like the phases of it. So if we have another update, I think it's like Bugle gets full Chrome, Sleepy gets Chromed, and then Tilted gets Chromed. So those POIs are gonna be screwed, and then the left side of the map and the bottom left is just gonna be like, let's go, man. I have guns; these kids don't. You know, yeah. Like but, I can't imagine leaving my POI with a, like a blue Evo come shock and then like having a smile on my face. Like I'd be like, okay, I'm screwed this game. Like <laughs> I actually can't see the crosshair on that gun. I don't know who came up with it, but it's wider than the body of a player. But like the like the two biggest parts of the crosshair in the middle are just so unseeable on like on an actual body because it's I don't know. I don't know who play, came up that crosshair. You ever play Apex Legends? Yeah. It's literally the Mastiff. That, that... It's literally just the Mastiff. Yeah. Except the Mastiff is good. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I can actually use the Mastiff. This this gun doesn't put down damage. I was yeah. using the gold one the other day, and I was saying like 120 headshot, like max. Bro, it's, it's the tack shotgun. It's literally the tack shotgun. Just yeah. reskinned and different. Um, but I think someone showed the damage fire rate was all the same, and now you can just upgrade it. But... In this meta with the prime, um, and now even I'm seeing more people hold the ranger. Don't yeah. know that that's the best. The Evo Chrome is the best shotgun. Um, nonetheless, expectations for Invitational. Now, for you as a player, one, who do you think is going to do, like, who, who are a couple teams you think are kind of locks for that top five? And then. Do you have any surprise picks for someone that you think will do really well? I think a surprise pick since they're Connor now, scented. They actually believe they could really do well, only because like I know how hard they're like practicing right now, trying to do well. Um, and then mm, I think Cami and Seti are very good at land. Or it's not. Cam is it Seti? Yeah, Seti and Cami. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think those two have a really I think they're locked in for top five. Um, I think Commandment and Avery are another surprise team. They're actually they're actually really grinding right now. They're just not streaming and doing, you know. But people don't realize it, but they are grinding. So I think they have a chance at top five. And then hmm, other teams. Oh, Epic Whale, of course. I think they could. I think they'll probably get top five. And then Malibuka, another team. Okay. Those, those are like my expectations yeah. for top five. It's hard to to pick right now, especially because we just mentioned map changes happen and the drop map yeah, exactly, has now yeah. changed. So much could change. So I mean, like, players will continue to shift things up. I'm sure some people are lying as far as where they're landing to. That I would probably do that if I was conned. Like if I'm conned at my spot, I'm not saying I'm going there and I'm just dropping there game one and then surprising somebody. Uh, yeah. take that slight little bit of advantage. But I think all those teams can do well based on what you said. Um, one of the teams that I just watched was uh, the eight best team coming out of Asia. It was Runa and Clip. They are surprisingly yeah. good. And yeah. not just in a way where, you know, you're kind of throwing off another region and they're just like, oh, yeah, they're the best in another region. But they seem to be so fundamentally sound that 
having not played the only reason i don't see them doing well is like nerves play into a factor and then obviously the off spawn stuff i don't know where that they're landing the playing field like i feel like yes they are like they, if you watch them play asia tournament i know runa you said runa right yeah that guy he's crazy like i like watching them because asia is actually a fun region to watch but especially for how intense they get during grands and stuff it's fun to see but i think runa has a good chance at like top 15ing but I don't think I don't think they could even fit in the top five. The playing field against NA East and E players is so different. Like I played I played at Sweden, right? I played at Dreamhack Sweden. Right. That was the hardest event I've ever played. Like the one that I had to try the absolute hardest in in order to do as well as I did. And I got like fiftieth in finals. I got conned, but like it was so hard fighting players. Like like the difference like on how players fight in that region in like NA East pros compared to like west oce asia is insane like i don't see any teams from other than epic whale i don't see any teams from like one of those outside three regions doing that great yeah. only because the playing field is just so much harder on those two regions like it's like people don't realize that until you actually do it for yourself like it's it's insane i think they runa and people being the one like outlier to me i think they're probably the best from one of the smaller regions um not including Brazil, because I kind of put them up there with NA West. They're, like, right behind NA East and Europe. Um, mm. But it'll be interesting to see. And then you got Muzz and Luder, who are, like, an NA slash OCE duo. I don't necessarily know that they count for OCE, considering how much experience they've had. It, it'll yeah. be a, a cool playing playing field to see, because I was talking to Sundown about this on the last podcast. The na and eu players have like a certain idea of how games should be played but all these other regions they have dominated their region for a lot of them a really long time and they kind of forced the will of their gameplay onto a lobby and i'm wondering if that style of play is going to surprise certain players you know you have someone doing something that you like MIDI would never expect someone to do in a tournament, but this team's been doing this for a year and a half now. And now suddenly you're freaking out because you're wondering what the hell's going on. And by the time yeah. you know it, they've already won, you know, the fight, the high ground, whatever position they're, they're going for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a little side tangent. I thought that was sundown brought that up. It was an interesting point because there are different styles between the regions of play and, typically how like the right way to play is kind of morphed by region um but i would like to to talk about you got a poster on your wall it says team 33 there yeah, was I need, to, I, need, I need my mom to take it. it's like nailed in and she does like this like drill thingy i don't want to like, <laughs> strip the wall but i i told her i want to take it down soon but she doesn't really have time right now but all right i so... get it done so talk to me about what happened because we've seen some stuff on Twitter about people leaving the org and there's pretty much been nothing from team 33 that has said oh, what is going on. Pretty much. There's been nothing. There's just nothing. But, um, yeah. So for the year that I've been on 33, this is a big story, but for the year I've been on 33, Tyler, like Tyler Gallagher, the owner of 33, and in, he's in control of all over social medias, and he's never trusted anyone enough to give them the social media. A little odd, in my opinion, because, you know, if you're, like, 
you're like a middle-aged man and you don't know much about social media, I would give the Twitter to someone who actually knows what they're doing, you know. Let's get the Twitter booming, daily tweets, you know, engagement, all that. He didn't really care. He just cared as, as long as we got paid every month. But, um, so every, every like, month or so, he'd go on, like, a, a business trip. But we didn't know it was a business trip. I just call, we'd just call it that because he'd be gone for, like, a week. And we don't know where the hell he'd be until after his trip. He'd, like, DM us right after his trip, like, yo, what's up, guys? Went to Dubai, went to Middle East, you know. He was always in the Middle East, like, usually at Dubai, but I guess. But, uh, yeah, so he'd do that. And, like, so we thought this one was just, like, oh, maybe he's gone for, like, a bigger break. But there's articles coming out, and I guess, like, it's, like, a it's like $180 million lawsuit against his company that he owns, Real Assets, which is, I mean, you'd have to do the research on, like, what the company is itself, but I guess they're taking percentages of people's money that isn't supposed to be taken, which is, like, you know, super fucked up, but um, that's, like, what the articles are reading, and then there's past articles coming out of Tyler saying he's done all this, like, scam stuff, and that, like, people are, from real assets, like, clients of it are, like, upset that he's running this Team 33 in the background of it, like, while he's doing all this shady stuff for his actual company. And I was like, so I told Zoe, I was like, I need the salaries of every player right now because I wanted to see if it was true because I was explaining it to my parents and I was like, and they were like, sounds like you guys are a tax right now. Like, maybe we are. <laughs> Probably. And so we're like right, right below or right above this tax bracket. So if we, if we, if we go up like another like $50, he's going to be in like a 25% tax bracket, which is crazy because he's making so much a year he's paying he's paying a pretty good amount of taxes but um i was like wow like we are a tax write-off like he actually made salaries with like these individual numbers at the end like i was getting paid 1337 dollars or something like a great weird number right mm -hmm. you, you think on an actual word like 1300 you would just say 1300 you wouldn't put the 37 dollars it's a little odd to do that but i was like wait why do these numbers add up and then they added up to, to the number like right below this tax bracket. I was like, we are a tax write-off. So I've come back. I'm 99% sure we were one to him because he runs multiple, you know, just like money events where he throws money into a month so he can save money on his actual company. So now that his actual company is in like danger, you know, of being like destroyed, he's, you know, he's not, he's not putting any work into his tax write-offs. Like they're all MIA currently. So, like, that kind of just explains, like, you know, where he's been for the past month. He's probably just worrying about that. But, yeah. But I'm not going to say Tyler's a bad person because I don't know if it if it was him or it was, like, an inside man in the company that was doing all this shady stuff. But for, for the year I was on 33 and I saw it, like, he was super genuine. He treated everyone as well as he could. Like, and, like, he did all the... Like, you probably heard about glitches and stuff. Like, he always surprised people with money, and it was his favorite thing to do. Like, super genuine guy. And he actually cared about when people placed. He'd, get, he'd give me random calls after tournaments and just, you know, congratulate me or, or my teammate, you know. But he was a super genuine owner. Probably the best one I'll ever have because... But I understand why he's gone now. Because, like, if your company's in danger, you know, go focus, like... Go focus on that. It's your biggest priority. But I wish he would have given the team a statement 
if it was him or not that was doing all the bad stuff that was happening to his company, but or if just give us a statement saying, is our org ending or are you coming back? You know, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> but yeah. All right. It's like so, the whole me about it. There's there's a lot to unpack there. You said quite a number of things. Um you brought up so I have not looked into it personally. I'll take your word. I assume you got no reason to lie to me about what research you did about him. Um, but then you also said he's he's a genuine guy. And I guess I've heard that same thing from a number of people within the organization. It sounded like at least to everyone in Team 33, he was a good person. He did make payments on time up until this last one, right? And then yeah, the last two months. Okay. So up until the last two months when he just disappeared, everything seemed to be okay. He just didn't want to give over any control of the organization. Um, as far as helping it grow to what it really should have been with the number of players on the roster. Um, yeah. And could have grown a lot more. That piece you mentioned about like just being under that tax bracket there's a lot of people running Fortnite orgs or similar business ventures that do that same thing. So like, that's yeah. not that surprising. Um, and he's just taking advantage of us tax code and how those things work. Yeah. It's not, it's not even wrong. Like if you look at it as like, as like in a business perspective, like it's not wrong because it actually help, like it helps him save money, you know, helps him make more money actually. But you know, like, I completely understand why we're under that. I just wanted to see if it, it was like if he was <laughs> intentionally paying this amount because, but he was. So, like I saw why. Yeah, you but. guys all got salaries for like a year or two, so you can't can't really complain about that. Um, exactly. When was the last time like you heard or anyone in the org heard from him? Because it's been two Watch months. My phone right now. Two months has, without payment. Has he said anything as far as what's happening? Um, no. I mean, like literally nothing. I I I call him a lot. I used to call him a lot. So last time, I talk to him every day. By the way, I text him every day. The last time I got a text from him, him responding to me, August twenty sixth, midnight. It's the last time I heard from him. Okay. And then I texted him every single day after. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, how you doing, bro? You haven't been here in a while. Blah, 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 you know, keeps going on. And then I'd skip some days because like, he's, he's not responding to me. But I just texted him last night and called him. But, but yeah, he changed his voicemail. It's like some robot one for his, for his company. It's not his, like, usual, yo, it's just Tyler. You know, hit me up, whatever. Different one now, so. But, yeah. Damn, that kind of sucks. I'm. It looked like it was too good to be true. When team, team 33 had, what, like 40 players on it at one time? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, we've seen this before. But I guess the difference between this one is everyone was calling Team 33 a scam org, and they are. If they haven't paid you what they've been contractually yeah. agreed to, that it's definitely screwed up, and I hope you guys wind up do getting paid. But, yeah. you know, a lot of times there's been, like, the TCE one, right? They paid the players up front. And then promised another contract that never happened. There's, this seems like a less shitty version of some of the ones that have happened in the past. Um, and I don't want to say it's not bad, but clearly, th this yeah. is fucked up, right? But yeah. at the same time, 
at least people got paid and the, the worst thing that happened is we missed a couple months of payment i know that's your time that it's important and you guys should value that and try and recoup yeah. some of those costs if possible um but i'll take if this is the worst thing that happens within fortnite compared to what we've seen over the past few years of this i'll take it um yeah. in my opinion it's really not as bad as it seems i think most players got didn't get paid this one month other than that it was just a couple people from last month on the manager side and coaching side that didn't get paid their salary but all the players i think got paid but um other than that i don't know i feel like missing one month of payment if he's on a trip or whatever or going through this lawsuit and he comes back in a week like we're all gonna we're i like, i'm still I'll, I'll still probably go back to 33 because you know i don't like it was good salary he i was getting paid on time i was you know waking up to surprise money gifts and stuff like that's what people <laughs> don't even look into like i think every single player that has been on 33 has been like i'll just say glitched because that's how he calls it but has been glitched three or four times so you're making like you're making like 2500 off those four glitches probably you know Jeez. so so if you miss one month of payment just take into account that you probably got glitched a good amount of times and if you're getting paid a high salary you got glitched a lot more than the lower level players <laughs> so i don't know they should still be thankful like there's a, i don't think there's a lot to like i don't know it's, yeah we got scammed but i don't want to even want to call it scammed yet because like if he's like I, like he's so out of touch with like like the gaming scene that's what the people don't understand it's like he talks funny only because he just he doesn't know how to like keep up with the like keep up with like teenagers and stuff right like in the trends and like the things they say the terminology he's not really from that like era so he's out of touch with like gaming reality so it's really hard for him to keep up with it so if he misses one month of payment he has no idea how twitter is going to react so if he comes back in a week and it's just like, oh shit, what have I done? He doesn't check his phone unless he's <laughs> talking. Like he's got like five different phones for five different reasons. But, um, but yeah, if he comes back in a week and be, checks his Twitter phone, he's gonna be like, oh shit, that's not good. Yeah, it's and, gonna and be a little rough. Yeah, I don't know. Um, now you you said in your free agent post that. You're looking for an organization as a player, but also a manager. What are yeah. like your aspirations there? And ha have you done anything in the past? Um, I've managed just a bunch of like e-commerce stuff. Like I know how to run like business in general. I'm just, I'm like one of the quickest learners out there. So like, you know, like if you told me to go make a clothing brand, I could do it in like a week, like literally could do it with a thousand bucks i could make one in a week and have like a little launch like i could do it but i'm just super fast at learning any skill that i need to learn so if they want to like if someone if an org wanted to hire me as a manager i'll manage whatever they want me to two weeks and i'll and I pro i'll pro i'll guarantee them more engagement whatever you know because I, I can just learn that skill so fast and i've already learned like social media management skills pretty pretty fast because my brother has been doing it for four years so talking to him also learning off of him been kind of easy so he runs all of like otk's social medias so and that's like a big job those are like big streamers and he has to make sure he can't slip up so and he also has to stay on top of algorithms and whatnot and but yeah so i learned a lot off of him and then of course i want to be signed as a player but you know i'm trying to make money here so like <laughs> 
if they want a different job, I'll do it. Because as I said, I'm kind of bored with the game. I wouldn't really care if I had to stop playing to go pursue a different job. I just want to be in the esports industry, to be honest. So, you know, and I understand I can't really, I can't get like 90% of like actual esport organization jobs until I'm 18. So, you know, hopefully I get signed until then because, you know, trying to make money. But yeah. Okay, What's interesting. You could definitely get some good experience working with an org and just understanding a little more than the player side of it. And it sounds like you have, uh, based on your experience and also from your brother. Your brother probably had one of the most difficult jobs a couple weeks ago with all the crap that was going on with Missed OTK, yeah. too. He was super worried about that. He was yeah. stressing out so hard. He did not come out of his room, but my oh, goodness yeah. i i do not envy that because that didn't that does not sound like fun trying to make something that is a terrible scenario and like spinning it in a better way when yeah especially like he's the one seeing all like the comments and stuff he like he's like you know he's the one clicking like the twitter noties checking like and you just see all the people talking bad about you know the brand you're running you know yeah it's got to be tough um but respect to him seems like he's at least somewhat on the other side of it and made it through and um, back to you and the general Fortnite. So player MIDI management MIDI will find you something. I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out. Um, but the one thing that with team 33 leaving, there's a massive influx of free agent players yeah. and a massive, decrease in the amount of players being salaried and it almost seemed like team 33 was helping so many people make this sustainable being able to play Fortnite for a living and now with pretty much no one to pick up that slack there's a massive hole for players and people within this space yeah. to try and continue to make it have you like where do you think Fortnite players are going to go now that I mean, I guess there was probably 20 to 30 players that were let go within the past few weeks or left. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're 18 and above right now and you got, you got, you're not living with your parents or you are living with your parents even, I don't know. I feel like most people are, are either paying rent or most people's parents are pressuring them to get a job. So they're not making, I don't know. I don't think Fortnite, it's, it's what, we're in five years into the game? Yeah. And we're not really seeing any signs that we're going to be staying, like, much longer. Just I mean, like, not seeing the, like, same signs you saw within, like, other games like CSGO, League of Legends, those type of games that stayed around for, even though they were dead for a couple years here and whatnot, kind of like how we are in a spot now, they still, like, climbed out of it with, like, you know, signs of them, like, putting more work into their competitive side and... I mean, it's working for them. Like, they're still alive, running pretty well. But, um, I don't know. I think with how Fortnite competitive team doesn't have control over much of competitive, like, um, it's not going to be sustainable for a lot of people, like, that, you know, have, like, are in a pressurized, like, age situation. Because if you're 14, you can keep playing Fortnite. I would suggest it, too. It's, like... You could, if you want to make money every elite cup, little two hundred bucks here and there. That's great for a fourteen year old, fifteen year old, sixteen even. But once you, once like, I'm almost, I, I turn eighteen in July. So, like, but 
I also have aspirations of wanting because I want to become super successful. I want to travel. I want to do all this stuff. So obviously I need money for that. So I want to have enough money to the point where I can travel by 21, just, you know, go around for a couple of years, you know? So I'm trying to make enough to that point, but if Fortnite's not doing it for me in this next like eight months, then like by the time I turn 18, I want to like have something figured out with what I'm going to do because Unless, unless Fortnite starts booming in lands like four times a year and they're quadrupled the prize pool and there's a better chance of less qualifying for it other than just Epic Whale, like, then yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably stick to Fortnite. And I think orgs would come back too if there's a lot more money and then Fortnite got involved with orgs. Like, there'd be a lot for Fortnite to do to make this game sustainable for other regions players other than eu because some NAEs players can't even like sustain enough money to you know pay for themselves but you know it's hard yeah it is hard and it's also a lot of work to be able to do yeah. that um unless you're like eu definitely has it slightly easier because i think it's probably top seven make 50 grand or yeah. around there so it's like okay that, that's like, almost enough to survive for a year depending on where you like, live 15th is making like 20 grand each so like you know like yeah. you're making that and you make it like if you're getting top if you're a top 15 team two out of the four seasons that's still 40 grand a year you know and if you're if, I'm, I'm assuming if you're getting top 15 in eu grants you're pretty much signed probably on a 5k plus salary here so you know like you're making you're you're making well off for in europe so but yeah i think it's a lot easier in europe especially with the orgs and how much money they make yeah, well, it's the biggest region. Like, there's no... Yeah. It's not just a coincidence. It's because there's the most money in that. There's the most viewership. There's the most player base. So, oh. naturally, everyone is going to be there. And there are other opportunities for players to make it outside of just being a player. But that that's content. That's streaming. That's putting out YouTube content. That's making yeah. TikToks, Instagrams. And one thing that I like to say is everyone should be doing that you, you you seem to be someone that puts out content somewhat regularly um yeah not on tiktok but yeah but at the same time it's not freaking easy like to be a top level player in this game you need to be grinding the game and then yeah. to be a successful content creator like i'm trying to do that myself that ain't easy either it's a lot of effort and work so I understand why players don't do it and I think it's a lot easier said than done to tell people just like record your games or something like that. Um, yeah. But there is opportunity, especially if you can do both um, to become really successful. And we've seen a number of people like that throughout the years blow up, but I think we're, we're well past the ninjas, the Benjis, the mongrels. And now we got the, the Bucky's, the Clicks's, um, well, I guess Malibuka is probably the most recent blow up that we've seen, and he's still nowhere near at the level of the guys that I yeah. just mentioned. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough gig, man. But I think by the time your birthday in July, we'll see what's going on next year. Um, we'll see what the announcement is at the Invitational and where things are going, and hopefully we'll have one major event already happened within the beginning of the year. And then hopefully yeah. we'll be able to look out for more because I'm with you. It's starting to get a little, little scary as to 
the writing on the wall within Fortnite. Yeah. All right. I, know, I, th- I think I think Fortnite content needs to like come back. You know, I, not that, but like Fortnite content viewership is so down right now, it's so low. It's like I think it's like the lowest it's ever been. Like even like I heard like then like Rice Hub like post like pictures of his like videos like they used to get like 20k views last season and now they're getting like two to three thousand or something like that i'm not 100 percent, but like i heard there was like i saw something on twitter about that but like i'm seeing the same thing in like Fortnite. like my my Fortnite highlight videos from last season like 3k views two and a half thousand views now 600 views 500 views and like i'm doing like the same algorithm like i'm posting at the same time i usually would same tag same person like posting it it's just like views are so down for Fortnite right now. So let me ask you, because I've definitely seen that as well. And I think it was Reese that brought that up. Um, but do you think that people are just getting bored of the same content being put out over and over again? And now it's just who cares at this point? Because how many montages or tournament highlights can you watch until you get tired of it? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean... It, it, I don't know. It's so repetitive. Every Fortnite content video from a pro is the same thing. It's the same thing. It's it's either them rotating through first, moving for the first five minutes of the video, and then them getting to the last minute and them slaying out, killing people. But after you watch something like that 200 times, you're bored. You don't want to watch any more of it. Um, highlight videos, that... That variates. There's a lot of people that I know, like, it's like 50-50. There's a lot of people I know that, like, love watching highlight videos, that love watching other players and their play styles and their clips. Or there's the other, you know, 60%, probably majority, that just don't watch highlight videos anymore. That's maybe, 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 you know, maybe like the video for their friend, gas it up, whatnot. But they don't watch it. Though, which is why, like, you go to any Fortnite Pro's video... You, and you actually, like, ask them their analytics, like, you'll only see, like, oh, they only watched the first 15 seconds and they clicked off, you know? Like, it, and it's so repetitive. It's, like, no one's watching your first, second, or third minute. They're watching the first 30 seconds, and if they don't see something crazy or crazy reactions, they're clicking off. Especially now with algorithm pauses, man. It's miserable. Fortnite content, had, like, ever since algorithm highlight videos came out for fortnite because it's like the only thing it happens only in fortnite it's the same editing style there's nothing different every every eu player channel same thing yarn vfx or whatever his name (laughs) makes the same highlight video for a hundred different eu pros a hundred different nes pros and it's the same video same song because this song's trending this week this this thumbnail's trending this week or whatnot it's the same video except different clips that's all it is and it and it sucks because that, I mean, I feel like it's not even, like, it's not even, like, mostly on Fortnite's fault on, like, why competitive content is dying. It's just because, like, we players, we do nothing to try to, like, make ourselves unique to other pros. Like, we don't even try. It's not even, like, but in, like, Apex, you have, like, fights over Twitter and stuff of, like, who can make this content, who can make that content, stuff like that. Like, oh, Imperial is the only person who can post that type of like montage. If you do, you're just copying him. And they're arguing over Twitter over it. Like the pros are arguing who can post their content and whatnot. You know, like they're actually fighting for viewership while we're just, you know, posting shitty fucking one pumps. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sounds like you you figured out what's going on, and now it's as one of the players, it's up to you to try and fix things. 
Um, it's so hard though, because it's like it's also, but it's. I think it's Fortnite's fault on like it's so hard to even make unique content within Fortnite. It's really hard, especially on the competitive side. Pubs, a little easier, but competitive, so hard. I I I, I can't sit down and play thirty minutes of an arena without just like like my skin itching and telling me to get like get the hell off. Like, <laughs> and especially in this season too, you don't even have to make champs. There's there's nothing to work towards. I feel that. And, man. I th and getting elite in any other region other than Europe is so easy. So like, you know, there's nothing to watch for these in other six weeks. Like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous on how they formatted this season. You know, nine hours of tournaments for pretty much $200 going to 80% teams on either region. Other than E, which is like 60% make 200. But other than that, like it's so, nine hours for $200 is miserable. But Especially for how much you're playing to grind for those 200. It's not even nine hours. It's just nine hours of tournaments, you know? Like, you're still warming up for an hour. You're still you're still scrimming every day. You're like, it, we're, we're playing for the bare minimum here. Like, and it's hard. Like it's, I think it's really hard on the player's mind. Like, you know, I just worked my ass off 20 hours this week. And then I only made 200 bucks. I'm not happy with myself. Because, you know, like, I should be, I should be, you know, putting, like, I might put on, like, I don't even know, bro. I'm so mad at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bored with it, bro. Like, and I, I see it in every other player. I don't see anyone laughing, having fun. You know, it's it's so hard. And there's barely anyone streaming the tournament now because we've gotten to a point where stream sniping is just unbearably bad in tournaments. Pros just fighting other pros because they have drama. And it's, it's I don't know, competitive's in a very rough spot. I want I want actual lands to come back, like, like ones that we have to like actually work our ass off towards like like there's like there's no time for fooling around it's all serious and you have to you like you have to put in as much work as possible to make it you know but this season is a joke in my opinion there's nothing to work towards after the first week of elite there's you got nothing you know i don't know i feel like the cup system could have worked or the divisions could have worked um, but it needs some tweaking. I think that it, I, I know you do have to scrim outside of it in order to be one of the top players, but I, I think the purpose of Fortnite putting this out there is to provide practice and at least a regular competitive experience that people want within the game rather than having to search out those third party scrims. And to an extent, the divisional cups do that. Um, but I, I also do get your point. You are playing, it's, it's more than nine hours. Like it, Cause you normally yeah. play a half hour, 25 minutes to the end of the, the game too. So each tournament's like three hours, 15 minutes. So we'll call it 10, uh, just to get there and play the tournaments. Um, and it's gotta Sorry be to, tough. Especially that it's like, like I'm okay with playing stacked ass games where I actually have to focus on hitting every tag and stuff. But I'm even watching EU and it's for a zone and there's 50 people left. And then he, and then the rest of the 50 just sit in their box on game. And there's nothing happening. Nothing. They don't. There's no surge ticking. There's no pressure for these players to even move out their box and go do something. And this is on EU. Imagine it for West, East, OC, OCE, Middle East. Middle East is miserable. I was 
20 people like first zone that is crazy i was watching the game they had like 25 people high first zone and it's like ridiculous because like even if they lower the points from four to two people don't care enough to not key because the game is just so dead like every like if i was playing and i was hanging games and they were stackers bro I'm talking like 90 up first zone, and like you have to hit every tag. And then once it's first zone, you see a bunch of fights happening around in the center zone because everyone didn't get enough surge, so they're all fighting, you know? There's actually action going on. And say four out of those five fights are being streamed by like one player or something. There's something to watch at least, you know? Like, and now, after the first week of Elite, these past two have just been so bad. Like, I was watching it from San Diego, and I was just watching, like, out. Clicked on Batman Booga stream. This guy was sitting in a box for 20 minutes with 40 up for his own. I'm just like, he, like I don't understand how people can even pull enough viewage to watch that because it's just so boring. And I don't, I don't see, and there's obviously no one wants to watch a guy just boxed up doing nothing, you know. But uh, yeah, that's what. Uh, do, you, do you blame that on the players though? Because the format seems so placement heavy that. No, obviously it's not on the players. It's not on the players. It's just on the format. Like it's max placement heavy. So the first sixty people that die because they tried fighting for a zone just to get kills, and they die because of it. Um, you know they might be screwed on points a little bit, but they still have nine other games to play. Like, you know, ten games in three hours is fair, but like in the format now, it's just kind of like like if you mess up four games. And you get enough placement. Since it's so placement heavy, if you get three top fives, you basically qual. You know, like it's uh, I don't know. Uh, which is why if I go back to my point. Like I think no builds would be so freaking good because it's action throughout the whole game. Like people are, are always shooting each other. You always hear shots. There's never like a dull moment where people are just sitting. Oh, I mean, there's obviously like that one two minute span where people are in a bush waiting for next zone to come in but after that someone just threw a shockwave from 100 meters onto your head and now you're all scattered and now you all have to shoot fucking one or three different squads you know it's actually like super entertaining and yeah like from a player like from a player's view sucks like if you're in a bush and you get shockwave out and no builds you're screwed pretty much like you know any zone because you're just in the open it's really hard to come back from that so but from a viewer super fun you know it's just super entertaining more action yeah, it makes a ton of sense. It it's the regulated pace of play that has really slowed down, and the organic pace of play in zero builds is much more regular. Whereas yeah. you get the off spawn on like a competitive, and then you get surge tags until fit zone, and then you get an end game. Um, yeah. And then you'll yeah. get surge fights along the way, but most of the time the teams taking surge fights are the ones that are irrelevant on the leaderboard so yeah and it's so repetitive too yeah like compared to any other battle royale like their games like each game runs pretty much so differently you don't see like the same like obviously stuff's similar but like in apex like different parts of the map are like like top left side of the map in apex is like harder to play than the bottom right because like you know but in fortnite it's just so repetitive to the point where like like you know how to play every zone, you like because you you just play play it so much. Like it's so, I don't even know. I, I don't know what could fix Fortnite, but I don't know. It's okay. I'll let you ponder that one. But let's finish up and uh, wrap up with something on a more positive note. Um, 
we've been doing this for over an hour now, so I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time and thank you. First of all, and, and wrap it up, what do you got coming up? What's MIDI going to be up to over the next few months? And um, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Um, I'll probably still be competing unless I get a job as a manager. But I'd hope to compete until I'm 18 at least. But uh, yeah, you guys can find me at twitch.tv slash midifs. And then my YouTube's just uh, midi. And then twitter instagram tiktok all midi but i just don't post as active as on uh tiktok as i used to but yeah with my socials all right and what where's the name midi come from oh yeah i'm the i'm the middle child so i wrote out the word middle because i just you know i just want to see i was just testing stuff and i was like okay the the l at the end looks a little too tall like it just looks like it doesn't like even out with like the whole word I took out the E originally because I was just like, it doesn't look good. But then I changed the L for an I. So just MIDI, you know. I just got it from the word middle because I'm a middle child. And it just came to my head. But yeah, I, like I, let it. It made, I made it in like two minutes. I was like 11. But yeah, <laughs> before that, I was Lemonhead. But All right, Lemonhead. Yeah. I, I like MIDI better. It's a better one. I think it's a solid, solid brand too. Um, and lastly, what is your favorite Fortnite skin? favorite fortnite skin um probably lara croft when i when i was doing really well in trios that was the only skin i'd wear that or the fncs skin like the green and white one i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but yeah, the one I do. that came out during the third trios of last year i think i'm not sure but i think it was the primal season that it came out but yeah that okay. that or the lara croft Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you joining me, sharing your thoughts, sharing your experiences. Um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Super fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll have to run this back sometime soon. Um, and thank you to everyone watching, listening, wherever you're consuming the podcast. Greatly appreciate you as well. Have any complaints, concerns, want to tell me where MIDI is awesome, uh, you can send me a DM, Somebody's Gun, uh, on Twitter. That's the best place to reach me. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you next time. Peace.